Hello there. Sean McGinnity. Sean McGinnity. Sean Arama. Sean Geek Podcast. How are you guys doing this morning? Boy, oh boy. Um, I had an interesting uh, weekend. So there's a few, few things that happened. So we'll, we'll just brush on uh, where everything's at. Um, <clears throat> there was a, a big announcement made two weekends ago that we're on the cusp of actually releasing what that announcement is and what it means to the brand uh, between myself, uh, Todd, and Corey. So that'd be Fast Red Fingers, uh, Corey Geek, and Shonorama. Um, very excited as to what that means, but Leading up to that, um, you know, Fast Right Fingers is the co-host on on um, on the Shun Geek podcast. He's uh, kind of been on the periphery of a, of a number of things um, going on on the Shun Geek podcast. But I guess more importantly, he's also predominantly on the periphery of a lot of things that I work on. I mean, he's my brother. I've known him for my entire life, obviously. So. Um, there's a lot of particular things that Todd and I have worked on over the years. Uh, as a matter of fact, yesterday we were kind of going through some ideas, uh, musically, uh, just sort of redoing, uh, something that was, uh, recorded a, a long time ago when we were all of lesser, well, specifically me was of lesser musical uh, ability. And we're thinking of maybe taking uh, a song I wrote way back when with Todd and revamping it, revitalizing it, and making it um, more modern. Because at the time it was recorded, it was uh, very much of its time. But uh, the groove of that song is uh, something that... Um, it's still there and it's still solid and it's still great. Uh, some of Todd's best guitar work was on that song, which some of you may or may not have heard, but anyway, enough hinting there. Um, Todd started his own thing. I am ecstatic that that has happened. Um, Todd's a really creative guy. And uh, we always jokingly refer to him as the tech guy, but jokingly or not, he is the tech guy. That is his being. He is always uh, finagling and working on his guitars, redoing the electrical, redoing the bridge work, um, the hardware. Just, he's always doing that, but he's also... Uh, he's a bit of an electronics whiz. I mean, he's always tinkering on computers and changing things. And um, he's got a really strong electronics base. So, um, and I think through his exposure on our show, that uh, he's gotten comfortable behind the mic. Because he's never been the guy behind the mic. He's always the guy behind the guitar uh, in a public setting. But now he's the guy behind the mic. So he just released his first uh, 
episode, I guess, of his YouTube show, uh, which is a uh, which is called Todd's Todd sorry Todd Geeks Tech Talk. Take a look for it on Facebook, uh, also on YouTube. Uh, I don't have the links with me now, and since I'm recording this live on the road, I can't exactly share it. But um, there will be definitely links to this. Uh, I mean, I've already shared it on the on the, the Geeks page and uh, my own personal page as well. So uh, anyway, you got to check it out. He's got a, a great way of explaining things. He's got a, a manner to him, and he's got a really easy-to-listen-to voice. And he's providing some tips as it relates to creating your own podcast uh, and um, using, I believe, a Behringer board. So check that out. It's really cool. Um, so we're just kind of slowly expanding the reach of our geekdom uh, out and making sure that we're all, you know, we all got something out there. So really proud of the guy. Yeah, so that's Todd Geek's Tech Talk. Go check it out. So this morning, actually this morning and then uh, over the weekend, um, I finished this version of the edit uh, for the first two-thirds of the book. And by two-thirds, I don't know if I mean uh, actually two-thirds of the book or more this story is really broken into three uh, parts. Uh, there's the beginning part, uh, and then that part's basically an introduction to all the characters and kind of the plot points and what's going on. The second part is um, where the action, there's a large, a fair amount of action takes place, where they're... Um, it's, it's more suspenseful. Uh, there's more suspense going on in that part. And then the final book is the the, the final part of the book, which was, it would, ended up being the shortest part of the book, is uh, is happening. And for, for that section, it's, it's short. It's really short. And uh, my editor, who had come in, come in he kind of noticed that, you know, like, I think he, I think he said he liked the action that happened, but it, it seemed to be like it was lacking something. And I do agree. Uh, I think the the action sequence I wrote at the end, um, I would love to see that in a movie. It, I really, really spent time plotting out the visual of everything happening. And I think I've accurately displayed that visual uh, using words of what's going on. And it's, it's really exciting. And I actually took time to plot that action sequence out. So, uh, the writing lesson for today is that if you want to have a good, if you want to have action in your book, the reader needs to be able to see it. And if the reader needs to be able to see it, you need to be able to visualize what that action sequence goes like. Um, if your action sequence is a fight scene, you know, and, and you want it to be very visual, don't say they each threw a few punches at each other, but one of them got the upper hand. That's basically not giving any sort of drama or, or um, there's no there's, there's no meat, I guess I use that word often. 
there's no meat to the fight. There's no substance. It's just the fight happened. It, it seems inconse- inconsequential. It's almost like, why did you put that there? What What is it leading to? What, what is it providing? What What service is it offering to the reader? And if if that action sequence is nothing but there was a flurry of blows and you got the upper hand, well, what does that actually mean? They fought, okay, so you've established that they fought. You haven't established, uh, was there any, like, was this just a scuffle where no one really wins in the end? Uh, if that's the case, fine, that's, that's the effect you're going for. But if you're trying to indicate that they had a fight and this guy won, was it a narrow? Was it a narrow win? Did you know? Or was was he dominant? Was the one person dominant over the other? Those sorts of things are actually important. And when you watch a movie and you watch a, a very good choreographed fight, there are stakes involved in that fight. There always is. There's. You know, is this a fight because they're just mad at each other and in the end, you know, it's just, they both, you know, someone wins, someone loses, but it doesn't really matter. And in the end, they scuffled and they all got, you know, cuts and bruises from, you know, getting hit in the face or whatever. Is, is that what's happening? Is that what the intent is? Or is this uh, a fight scene where this is the last man standing? Or the last woman standing. Let's yeah, let's go with that. Because I, I like I like being my Buffy. So if if Buffy and all of her crew, her her Scooby crew as she calls them, are fighting, and then uh, you know the rest of them are taken out one by one by one, and she's the last woman standing. She's the last person standing. Um, what does that mean? Does that mean that the fate of the universe is ultimately going to decide in this fight? Is Are the stakes such that she doesn't have the option of failing? And then as the fight's taking place, she's taking hit after hit. She's maybe getting a couple of good hits in, but she seems to be on a, a, down, a downward uh, hill. Downward hill. <laughs> she's going down the hill and she's not winning the fight. She really needs to get that she really is victory, but she can't seem to muster the the um, the intelligence in the fight to be able to you know figure out her her foe's moves, or she's too angry in the fight and she's you know fighting a little bit blindly and not really paying attention to the science of the fight, and that that's why she's not getting the upper hand. Like there's all those nuances in a fight that really matter, and then say the fight kind of changes to. Uh, so she's taking her licks. She's given a couple of hits, but she's really ultimately failing. And, and, and it's the, the choreography of the fight is showing that, you know what? She is going to eventually lose. She's, uh, she's getting hit more often than she's hitting. Um, but then there's a surge of confidence. Um, her steely will perseveres and she gets one good hit in that staggers the foe. It gives her an opening where she maybe takes a couple more hits, but now the tide of the battle has changed in her favor, and she's striking more than she's being struck. Like just these are all little simple things, and I know 
violence isn't the answer to anything. But sometimes violence is the answer in the particular scene that you're trying to write and to convey uh, a sense of what's going on. So you really need to frame that action sequence and, and you know what it means and what it's for and, and what it's meant to accomplish. So what I do when I I can I think at this point I've written enough comic book stuff, I've drawn enough comic book stuff, and I, to be honest, I play with enough action figures. I can plot and sequence a fight scene. I know that if someone is uh, punching high at their opponent and that person sidesteps that punch if it had a lot behind it there's going to be follow through in that punch that if they miss the target they're going to take a step forward slightly unbalanced that gives an opening to the to what would have been the recipient of the blow to take advantage and perhaps uh, strike an elbow to the head or or um, use that person's momentum against them and, and maybe push them so they, that they fall down. And based on how much weight they put behind that punch, they may go down to one knee or they may you know, go face flat. Uh, visually in my head, I know when that punch is thrown, I know what it looks like. I know the angle of it. I know the, uh, the, the velocity of the swing. I, un- I understand going into that fight what it looks like. And when I write it, I write it in detail, pronouncing the parts that matter. Just, just like you might do in, a, in an action movie when you're framing a sequence. You're going to show the parts visually. Your, direct, your DOP is going to pull back and make sure he's focusing on the parts of the fight that matter. The fist almost missing might be the focus of the matter. So when you're writing uh, an action sequence, even storyboard it out. Make sure you know how it's going to work and what the stakes are in that fight and where it's going to go and what you want to do with it, if that, if that makes sense. Hopefully that does. Um, so uh, that final action sequence in my book, there are stakes to it. There is an emotional uh, investment that leads into that fight as to how that fight needs to go and uh, the stakes involved. So, in that particular fight, in the end, in the one fight in the end, it is very important that the uh, that the hero team has confidence in what they're doing. Um, there's a couple of missteps, but ultimately they have a plan, and if they carry forward with that plan, they will win this fight. But there's also stakes in there that they might lose this fight if they're not if they misstep at all. So action sequences are very important and uh, you can gloss them over in your first uh, pass through on it. But when you're editing that scene in context of the rest of the story, be sure that you are making, uh, taking the reader with you on this, on this action sequence that they're feeling that sense of adrenaline rush like you would when you're seeing a movie. Books have the ability, outside of a movie or anything like that, books have the ability to get into people's heads. And I think often people get tripped up on that action sequence because it's not a visual medium or writing a book is not 
A book is not considered a visual medium. It's using your imagination. But if you are smart enough to direct what people are seeing, then you are, writing is a visual medium. For me, it is. I'm able to describe exactly what's happening, but I'm also able to direct the reader's eyes and ears and senses to what is the focus. On the screen, it's it's a different way to do the same thing. But anyway, action sequences, very, very important. Make sure you plot them out. Um, and like I said, uh, thumbnail, use thumbnails or... Um, draw out the action sequence. I know maybe you can't draw and that's why you're a writer. That's fine. You can still stick figure uh, the action sequences. And if you got to, um, it's a, if it's a fight scene or anything like that, don't hesitate. That's what that's why I still have my action figures. My action figures help me visualize when I'm maybe stuck on what it is. And I might choreograph the fight with action figures and go, oh, okay, that's, that's, that's how that would look or or that's how that focus would work, or that's how that follow-through would work on that particular punch, or, or whatever it is. Um, it is really, really helpful to to go through that, um, to go through that and, and set it up that way. Um, hope that's helpful. Yeah. So we will see you on the flip side.